Oh my God, do y'all feel that energy? Woo! Welcome to NFL Friday, baby. This is the podcast that everyone loves on this station. Uh, I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm your host, Manny Adeye. And uh, listen, we have a jam-packed day. A lot of things to talk about. Obviously, it's the playoffs. And I'm joined by Matt Murphy and Tommy Aldridge. Boys, what's going on? What's going on? Going well. Oh, listen, I'm excited to, you know, to, to do the show with you guys. You guys are calling in. You know, some from South Jersey. You know, you got to shout out Jersey all the time. Jersey needs their love. But it's Always. Good. Yeah, man. It's good, it's good for here for you guys. We have uh, E-Man producing the show in the background. Shout out to him. You know, I love his name, man. I don't know what it is about it. I just really, really love it. <laughs> and then we have my boy Jimmy Sullivan here. He's going to be uh, talking fantasy later. So, guys, uh, we have a lot on our plate. Now, um... Before we get into everything, we're going to have a, a fantasy, you know, uh, info given out to us by, by Jimmy later. But we're going to talk a lot about the Patriots and this trouble in paradise, man. There is trouble in paradise. At man, the- Emmanuel Adeye talking about the Patriots. I wouldn't expect anything less. Listen, man, there's not. Hey, when you are part of the greatest organization in NFL history, one of the greatest organizations, you know, they have to be mentioned. And they And listen, they have a game tomorrow. They play the Titans. All right. So it's not like we can't talk about the Pats. As much as everyone hates the Pats, unlike me and some other very good fans out there, we must always talk about the Pats when we talk football because they have the greatest quarterback of all time. They have the greatest coach of all time. I can go on forever about the Pats, but I won't. But I won't. But I wouldn't disagree. With you. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with you there. Yeah, so we're going to get into that. We're going to get into what's going on up there. And uh, we're going to get into the picks. Well, we're going to talk about each game this weekend. We're going to break it down. Um, the do's and don'ts, I guess, for each team. What they what they have to do to win and succeed. And um, and then we're going to you know, get some more fantasy. And then we're going to go into our picks, who we have winning this weekend. And for some reason, I don't know why. because So when I first worked with Matt Murphy, we worked the NFL draft um, back in Chicago. And Matt... To me, when it comes to football knowledge, it's like he's up there. I'm dead serious. So I'm very serious. I'm very concerned and interested to see what you have picked for this weekend, Matt. Well, don't be concerned, and I didn't know you, you thought about me that way. <laughs> no, I don't know because I, I don't know. That. I don't know where your loyalties lie because you know you got this. This you know you want to fly Eagles fly all the time, but uh, I don't know if yeah, they're gonna I, win this weekend, buddy. I'm Matt, in Matt's in a Eagle, precarious Eagles country. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, Matt, you're in a precarious situation. I'm not sure if you can pick uh, Atlanta to win this game. You're gonna have people outside your house with pitchforks. Exactly. And stuff. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm so I'm very interested to see what you got to say to see how you're gonna back up your your picks or information. But well, Manny, Manny, thanks for bringing up the uh, the draft in Chicago because it just reminded me that Carson Wentz is on crutches right now. And it makes <laughs> me really sad. Oh my! Was gosh. that that draft? It Were you guys was. at that draft? Yes. We, yeah, it uh, was. That's a good one. Uh, it was. It was a great experience, man. It was a phenomenal experience. But before we get to that in the Eagles, right now we're going to have Jimmy Sullivan come on and do our fantasy report. Who are some of the safest bets in fantasy this week? Here are the players our expert thinks you must start if you're looking to win your matchup. All right, so we got two, I think, safe options as studs. The first one, I've got Le'Veon Bell. They're playing Sunday against the Jaguars, the early game. Antonio Brown's coming back from an injury. We'll get into him later in fantasy. But Bell is usually a safe option because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run it as well. And the Jaguars actually only ranked 21st 
in rush defense this season, and he nearly got 100 total yards against them in Week 5. That was one of his worst games of the season. Le'Veon Bell, very safe option as a stud. The other one, I have to go with Rob Gronkowski. Uh, he was held without a catch against the Jets. A lot of people made a big deal out of that in the last week of the season. But out of all the teams in the playoffs right now, the Titans have allowed the most points to tight ends this season. So I think Gronk is a safe option. They're going to look to him early. They're going to look to him often. And I don't see anyone on that Tennessee defense being able to stop him. Tom Brady's probably going to target him a lot in this game. And he is another safe option in fantasy this week. Hey, listen, guys, y'all heard it from him first, man. Uh, if Gronk's a safe option, then, hey, we know who's going to win that game. I can't disagree with him. I cannot at all. But that's got that's got to be daily fantasy, right? Because I, I seems like weeks ago I lost the championship of one of my fantasy leagues. I don't know who's still got a season-long league <laughs> yeah. going this late in the season, but definitely helpful advice if you're one of those daily fantasy sports guys. Yeah, yeah, de- definitely, definitely helpful for that. I know I'm not even going to tell you how bad my fantasy was. Okay, I had I had Adrian Peterson and Zeke. Okay, that's how I started. Oh season. man, it was yeah, like, Manny, I'm with you. I had David Johnson. And there you go. Oh, I had him too. I had him too, actually. Yes, I, it was, was just, it was just rough. That's like championship squad to like irrelevancy. Exactly. Right talk about talk about your uh, your your preseason you know favorites. Anyway, speaking of the favorites, uh, guys, like I said, there is trouble in paradise. You know, um, a lot of reports have been coming out uh, this uh, this past week about. What's going on in the in the New England Patriots organization? Um, apparently, Tom Brady, Robert Kraft, and Bill Belichick all are not on the same page as, as it would seem. Um, so the way the story is pretty much drawn out, Bill Belichick was ready to move on from Tom Brady in the next I don't know year, even maybe at the end of this year, two years, whatever it is. And they had Jimmy Garoppolo. Now Brady apparently was was feeling the pressure. He did not want Jimmy in New England, so he got his good old friend, his buddy, his second dad, Kraft, to to talk to Bill. Like, listen, get Jimmy out of here. We 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 Tom Brady through and through. And Bill Belichick was obviously very upset about that. You know, he has his way. You're going out too early, never too too late. You know, he's gonna get rid of Tom, which is fine. Everything is business, not personal. And now we're seeing all these reports come out of how you know. It's just not pretty up there. Matt, what you got for me? Manny, you come on. As a Patriots fan, you know how this story ends. Perfect <laughs> timing for this story to come out when they didn't have a game last week. And even if it's all true, even if Brady did request for Garoppolo to be traded, which he obviously came out and denied, this, in my opinion, is going to do nothing but fuel the Patriots this week. They have an easy matchup with the Titans. You called it a game earlier in the in the show, and I don't even think we can call it that. I don't expect <laughs> this one to be very close. But, I mean, the Garoppolo thing's interesting. Uh, Tommy and I talked about this on one-on-one last Saturday. It's possible that this whole situation with Garoppolo was just bad timing. They, they expected Brady to be on the extreme downslide by now, and Garoppolo was the right pick, but he's ready to go. So now he's in San Francisco with – a good thing going, and he finished out the season strong, and they're going to try to do it over probably and find the next Garoppolo for when Brady's finally done at some point down the road. Who knows when that's going to be with the whole TB12 method and all that jazz. Yeah, so Tom, yeah. Yeah, go, go ahead, Tommy. Yeah, no, Matt, Matt's exactly right. We talked about this uh, last week, and I think, Matt, you just said it best, perfect timing for the story to come out. I mean, I'm, I'm still not convinced that the story was just completely 
made up by ESPN for a multitude of reasons. But, yeah, there's some facts that you can't ignore about the story. Yeah. And that's that Tom Brady is sort of the guinea pig right now of playing into your 40s and it's working and he does have his own brand. And Jimmy Garoppolo was there in New England and did get traded to San Francisco and does kind of look like he could be the next big thing for the next 10 or 12 years. So, you know, if you're just an objective uh, observer, there's a story there. There's a huge story there. And I think ESPN just pounced on it. But, um, yeah, I think it's a little exaggerated. And I think the relationship between all those guys is probably a little better than you imagine. And uh, it would be a scary thing if what you just said, Matt, comes true and that it's just motivation for them because, you know, goodbye Tennessee if that's the case. Well, see, you say it's scary. I think it's wonderful. I think it's the fuel. <laughs> I think it's what we need right now. You know, there's always, like we said, there's always something. There's always a scandal going on in New England. Nothing else. Nothing else but scandals. And this, honestly, might be the biggest one, the primest one of all time. And to me, guys, personally, with everything, let's say everything that's, that's come out is true. I, right now, today, am a bigger Bill Belichick fan than I ever have been in my entire life. Because, so why? Why? Because he? Because because I don't know. Because okay, so this man, a lot of like okay, players get a lot of credit, coaches get a lot of credit. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. There is no debate. Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time, no debate. But the thing that we always say about the Patriots year in and year out is the system. The system works. Bill Belichick is able to get players who are undrafted, who were late round picks did terrible on one team, bring them into New England, and now they look like pro bowlers. They look like stars. They find a way to win 12 games every year. You know, his mm-hmm. system is what works. And and he's mad because Robert Kraft didn't see that. It's not really about Tom. It's about the system that he has in place. So then he's like, listen, you want to be petty like that? I'm going to be even more petty. And I love, I love pettiness because I'm one, of the, <laughs> I'm one of the pettiest people you will ever meet. And I love it. I want to. Yeah. Can I ask you something, Manny? Yes. I don't know. Maybe you can have a petty response to this. I don't even know if that's possible. But what do you – how do you feel about Jimmy Garoppolo? Because to me, that's the most interesting part of this whole story is, you know, knowing that Jimmy G was there and potentially there for the next 10 or 12 years and seeing his performance in San Francisco yeah. and just seeing how he looks. Uh, it's, it's, if I were a Patriots fan, man. I wish there could be something worked out where Listen. we get the best of both worlds. I'd be a bit upset watching Jimmy Lee. So Jimmy Garoppolo, for me, goes all the way back to 2013 before he was drafted because he's an FCS boy. And my freshman year uh, in the playoffs, we lost to Townsend. But if we beat that game, we would have played against Jimmy Garoppolo. And now we were wow. – we, Yeah, we had our heads set like, all right, listen, like, Jim, like we heard so much about Jimmy, like this guy is this, that, and the third. And we was getting ready to play Jimmy. So when he got drafted by the Patriots, I was like, oh, snap, that's cool. FCS kid on my favorite team. Let's do this. And then when Tom missed those four games last year, and everyone was like, oh, God, Jimmy G this, Jimmy G that. Well, I think we went two, two and two then. Okay, well, yeah, he looked a bit – he looked in those games, I think, different than he did in San Francisco. Yeah, I saw he, he played three games because he got hurt, though. He played three games. Right? Yeah, he got he got hurt, and then he went to the TB12 building, and apparently, according to that story, they wouldn't let him in for treatment. Yeah, but here's oh, the thing. <laughs> if Bill Belichick sees a future in you, you are the man. Like, 
Like, like I've been uh, reading a bunch of articles and watching a lot of things on TV, and people are like, listen, Bill Belichick thought he had his next Steve Young, and he did. He did. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I, I really think he did. So I can imagine I can imagine Bill being, well, I just don't know, you know, I don't know how much control he had over the whole situation, but if I'm, I mean, maybe Bill doesn't even plan on coaching for the next that's why. That's what's so interesting because now, now Bill Belichick is opening up his assistant coaches to go to go look for jobs. He's calling people like, yeah, listen, hey, listen, he'll be a great head coach for your team. Uh, with the people have been talking about Matt Patricia for the Giants. People have been talking about Bill Belichick for the Giants. So it looks like, remember, they gave away Jacoby Brissett for damn near nothing, for, for a wide receiver who's doing terrible, and they gave away Jimmy Garoppolo for nothing. And now he's telling his coaches, listen, go find other jobs. He's cleaning house. He's getting out of there. And as a, yeah. as a fan of the Patriots, it's going to suck because maybe we'll suck. I'll still be here, but as a fan of Bill Belichick, he is on the. I love him even more. I love him even more. I do. It's it's a tough situation. I mean, you know, I think the main thing is that New England they lost. They they just now they're minus one quarterback. You know, yeah. however long Brady plays, whether it be two, even three, man, I don't want to say it. Four years? No, I don't think it's possibly plays four years. Two, two, three years, whatever it is. It, it it's just like you see the way Jimmy G's playing. He kind of looks like Aaron Rodgers to me. Yeah, man. He had a Steve Young. He had his Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's crazy. Well, listen, we're going to get into the game. We're going to get into the other games coming this weekend. But right now, we're going to get some more fantasy by Jimmy Sullivan. Predicting this week's fantasy duds is just as important as picking this week's fantasy studs. Here's who our expert thinks you should sit this week. All right, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about this because we've got two very, very good players and duds. The first one I've got is Antonio Brown. Not sure how healthy he's going to be. He's coming back from the torn calf muscle, which he suffered against, against the Patriots, I believe. So that's going to be interesting to see. If he is healthy, he'll probably do well. But if he's not, should stay away from him this week. Additionally, he's going to be trailed all day probably by Jalen Ramsey, who's one of the best cover corners in the league. So may want to stay away from Antonio Brown this week. And then the other one is Mark Ingram, the running back for the Saints. Uh, the Vikings are second in the league in allowing rushing yards per game. They allow a little over 83 per game. The teams played, obviously, in week one. It was a different setup for the Saints. They still had Adrian Peterson. But it, neither Ingram, Kamara, or Peterson got off the ground in that one. And I'm not sure if Ingram will in this one. I have a little more faith in Kamara just because he's a better receiving back and they use him more in passing situations. With Mark Ingram, I don't know if they're going to allow him to get going on that Vikings defense. And so Mark Ingram's another guy that... I would tend to think you should stay away from this week. Well, listen, guys, you heard from him him again. You know, I, I can't lie to you. I agree. But before I get into the Saints and Vikings, I want to go with, sorry, Matt Murphy, but I want to go with the game that seems so clear. Well, not clear. This is a game where I think maybe either or team can win. But if you ask me, I think the Falcons find a way and pull away and win this game. Matt, right, I'm gonna, Danny, I'll just – go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. Are we – real quick, are we going to do predictions now or towards the end no, of the show? No, 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 no. We're going to do predictions towards the end of the show. But now I just want to talk about – okay, so so you're an Eagles fan, Matt. So you tell me yeah, so what, what needs to – Eagles fan covered the Jets this year. So kind of, kind of a Jets fan too because my dad's from New York. So, But uh, I live – in Eagles country, and I'm definitely, I definitely consider myself more of an Eagles fan. I would say. All right, so, fair. so what do the Eagles need to do to win this game? Because they don't have their MVP. 
look, I get Man, it. Man, they I need to that, do a that, lot. <laughs> I get that Nick Foles hasn't looked good, and I'll let Tommy jump in with more analysis here, and then I'll come back. But I get that they're the first number one seed to open up as a home underdog in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I get all that. I think if they can establish the run, they've got some good backs. Falcons are susceptible to that at times. And this Eagles defense, people forget they were so good in the regular season. I know they've yeah. fallen off a little bit. You could throw that last game against the Cowboys. That was 6 nothing. It was more of like a preseason game, so who cares about that? <laughs> That's not even really about the defense. But I think Foles just has to manage the game, and it's not the same Falcons team as we saw go to the Super Bowl against the Patriots last year. It's a road game for them. They're a turf team. It's, it's on natural grass. It's not going to be freezing, but it's not going to be great weather. So I think a lot more things are working in the Eagles' favor than people are really talking about, and I get it. I get everyone else is really on board with the Falcons here, but I just think the the Eagles at home, they haven't had a playoff game for a few years. I think that they're going to pull this out, and I'll save my official pick and maybe a score for later. Yeah, sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to jump in on you, Dad. (laughs) No, you're good. A quick quick Eagles trip whenever I can. (laughs) No pun intended, I guess. But um, I'm, I'm a bit worried about Philadelphia in this one, and I feel bad for the Philly fans. I was looking at their record. 13-3, 13-3, you know, they did so well this year, obviously, most of that coming off of what Carson Wentz was able to do. But when I look at this matchup, I'm worried about Atlanta's wide receivers versus Philadelphia's corners. I'm not sure who's going to be tasked with the job of covering Julio Jones. Probably Jalen Mills. And yeah, I think so. Muhammad Sanu will be there on the other side, and... I think that's the matchup to watch in this game. I don't know what you guys think. Well, for me, uh, I think it's interesting because, like like you said, uh, Nick Folds is probably the best backup. I know Case Keenum is doing this thing, but he's probably the best backup in the NFL. This guy has so much experience. He's done things but like he's led the Eagles to a good season before. So it's not. It's funny because they are the underdogs at thirteen and three. Like you said, the first team ever. It's wild, and these are not the same Falcons from last year. They are not as good on on both sides of the ball. So I think for the Eagles, and for both teams actually, they're gonna go as their quarterback goes. You know, the thing yeah. the thing for me about the Falcons, I I I definitely agree with you, Manny. They're not the same team. You know, they seem to just subtracted on both sides, offense and defense. Their play has gone down generally, but yeah. I I just keep the hope alive that. I think they're pretty much the same roster. Mm. And it's the same group of guys who went out there and balled so hard last year. And you kind of saw the defense get it going last week. But, you know, I'm just sort of waiting on Vic Beasley. And, you know, I really like the secondary of Atlanta. They played really well last week. You got um, uh, Deion Jones, sort of like a rover type guy. He's all over the place last week. And Brodney Poole was even making plays all over the place last week. So I think both these teams have really good wide receivers, Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey for Philadelphia, and obviously Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu for the Falcons. I just think the Falcons have the secondary and defense overall to better handle it. And Tommy, Philly, I love how you Philly, I love how, go ahead. I love how you brought up uh, Tory Smith as the first receiver when you talk about the <laughs> Eagles. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know. Alshon, Alshon, he's had a bit of trouble with Foles. 
Yeah, Trump Aguilar's period. been pretty good this year as yeah, well. Yeah, I give it to I Aguilar. Did. Trust. I had Jeffries on fantasy. He didn't really do me well. The thing, Aguilar was so scary to me, especially when Carson Wentz was there, because at first it seemed like Nelson Aguilar was a bit of a bust, and he was a first-round draft pick. And I think the thing is that he was – the Eagles used a pick on him that you would want to see him become an outside number one wide receiver. But I'm not sure that's just his style. So it took a little bit, but then they built their roster a little more, and they have two you know, blatant outside receivers and the guy I just mentioned. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, just sneakily in the slot, you had a first-round draft pick who kind of found his niche. And that, to me, was when you know the Eagles were really scary, but not sure Foles is going to allocate the ball like Wentz was. All right, guys, we're going to quickly uh, – no, sorry, but we're going to go uh, into more of the NFC. And uh, let's talk about the Saints and the Vikings. Now, Drew Brees has been getting a whole lot of love this week because of the great game he had last week. And to me, he's always been the Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, always been in the shadows of the other bigger QBs in this league so far. But I think, just like last week, he's going to need to have a monster game because of the defense for this Minnesota team, they will stop the run. They will annihilate these two running backs. Man, the Minnesota defense is really good. Mm Mm-hmm. We saw last week, even uh, in the New Orleans game, Carolina shut down the run and made Drew Brees beat them, and he did. So I don't know why we, we wouldn't think that could happen again this week. I know it's in Minnesota, but Minnesota, uh, Carolina held New Orleans to 41 rushing yards, and Drew Brees went off and, and still beat them. So I, I don't think that is – I know that's what people are talking about, the running backs of New Orleans against this top Minnesota defense. and that, Those are huge storylines, but – I. They just showed last week the Saints did that they can win yeah. with, through the air as well. Well, see, the thing is about the Saints. The Saints are going to, after watching a lot of tape on Drew Brees recently, the Saints are going to try. They're going to try and beat you a lot of misdirection, a lot of play action. Drew Brees will will boot one way and throw the ball another way. So the problem with the Panthers last week, they try to play a lot of man. Now they don't have the secondary the Vikings had. The Vikings secondary to me is way oh, not even close. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's going to be a harder matchup. And they don't, honestly, in all three levels of defense, linebacker, D-line, secondary, the Vikings are better. They will get to Breeze faster. They will stop the run with more efficiently. They will pass. They will break these balls up better. I think the Vikings, they're deep, like, this defense is amazing. It is. I it think you guys, you guys both just brought up really good points. Matt, yeah, that was really cool to see Carolina hold them to so few running yards. But it was even cooler to see New Orleans just turn it on in the passing game like I hadn't seen in a while. Drew Brees, I haven't seen a quarterback dominate a game like that in a while. He was throwing these back shoulder throws. He iced the game on the back shoulder throw to Michael Thomas. And by the way, hello, Michael Thomas. Oh, my gosh. I think he sort of jumped on the national scene last week. You know, he was a a second-rounder. People knew him, but I I hadn't seen this guy all season, and and he looks like he could be – Man, he could be one of the best receivers in the league in a couple of years. Tough, I honestly tough, believe he looked amazing. Tough matchup this week, though. You were talking about that's good, the thing. That secondary, so, yeah. Xavier Rhodes back there. There we go. Yeah. So that's the, so Manny. The point you brought up as well: how Carolina's secondary is weak. All of a sudden, they are. By the way, they're they're a pedestrian secondary. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, hello Minnesota. Two first team All Pros there: Harrison Smith and Xavier Rhodes. And Xavier Rhodes, man, he's just a freak. He, exactly. looks, he almost looks like a linebacker playing corner. He's so big, so lanky, and 
that's absolutely going to change the game potentially. Him on Michael Thomas all day, Harrison Smith roving around back there, and and it kind of seems like Minnesota is equipped to handle the the pass and the the run. I mean, people talk about the Jags, D, and for, you know, rightly so. Minnesota is right there with them, in my opinion. Yeah, so I'm happy about the Jags defense because (laughs) I don't know why everybody's worried and concerned and even talking about the five picks Big Ben threw last time. Because I'm letting you know right now, that will not happen again. Will he throw a pick? Maybe two, yes. The man is not giving the game away and throwing five to this defense. Granted, they are phenomenal. I think, along with Minnesota, these are the two defenses of the future, the next two seasons. But um, for me, it's going to be tough for Pittsburgh to still find a way to win this game. Matt, what do you think? I kind of like Jacksonville here as well. And it's interesting you brought up the five interception game from early October. I don't see him throwing five exactly, again. Exactly. Yeah. Either. And that was a 30 to nine Jacksonville win. But Jalen Ramsey really did kind of bring that up this week, even that they were in Big Ben's head a lot after that game. Big Ben was even kind of contemplating retirement at that point <laughs> early in this season. And uh, that's definitely a storyline this week. And I know Jimmy in his one fantasy segment brought up as Antonio Brown as a dud this week because of the presence of Jalen Ramsey. And I don't know how much Ramsey was on, if he was on Antonio Brown for the entire game back in October, but AB had 10 catches for 187 yards in that game and was targeted 19 times. So if he, if that cap is ready to go, I know Jalen Ramsey is amazing, but kind of Antonio Brown still gets his, but I think overall the Jacksonville defense might be too much for Pittsburgh in this one again. Yeah, Matt, I, I feel you there. The only thing I'm worried about is that he's coming back from that injury, mm. and and I don't know how. I mean, he's still going to get touches. I just don't know how effective he's going to be in that role. Yeah, I mean, I'm, look, Ram, I'm looking Ramsey's at a riding high. Yeah, right and that's true, too. Confidence-wise. Yeah. I'm looking at an article right now, Nate Burleson on, on NFL.com or NFL Network, I think. You know, take this with a grain of salt, but he said, that Brown returning in this game for it with his calf is almost comparable to Michael Jordan's flu game. No. So I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure how true that is. <laughs> no. But a torn calf just a few weeks ago, I, I don't know the extent of that injury, but that sounds like it could, like you know, impede him a bit. But you know, guys, what's can I? I want to pose a question here because I just realized these are just such excellent matchups. These Sundays games we were just talking about. New Orleans is, you know, potent offense in the running game and the passing game versus an extremely good on paper and, you know, not on paper uh, Minnesota defense. And all of a sudden in this game, you have the three Bs everyone likes to talk about, Bell, Ben, and Brown. Hey, you can throw Boswell in there. They're, they're four now. Throw Boswell. <laughs> he got all the respect for Honestly. me. Trust me. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that's the best offense in the league mm. on paper – and Jacksonville is the best defense in the league on paper. So, that, you know, both these matchups just so good on Sunday. You know, I was going to pose which one is better, but it's almost hard to say. It's crazy because, and it's, it's crazy, funny, and kind of sad, but there's so much disrespect for the level of excellence that Blake Bortles gets. Like, he's seen just, like, all week, people have just been coming at Blake Bortles. Like, he's he's terrible. Like, he's the worst quarterback ever. Like, what is that about? Yeah, yeah. 
I feel like we haven't seen this hate with a quarterback since Ever. Eli Manning. I, yes. You know, it's like he sort of took Eli Manning's role as just the buffoon on a good team. Yeah, it's like 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 Matt, like what is this about? Like is and it's it's been happening the entire season like, "Oh, you know what? I, you know it's funny cuz people are like, "Oh yeah, Eli will go to the Jags and then they'll be fine." Like what's so wrong with Blake Bortles? I I'm kind of a I like Blake Bortles, but it's easy to make those jokes and crack those jokes about him when he has a game like last week where he rushes for more yards than he throws for as, as a quarterback. <laughs> but when, when I was talking about the, the Falcons-Eagles game and the Eagles' chances to win and Nick Foles can just manage the game and they rely on the run and a good defensive performance and the D-line and all that, it's kind of like that but better with Jacksonville here because Blake Bortles can manage the game and he's got the top-ranked run offense and the top-ranked pass defense. So it's kind of like the Eagles, but a little bit better statistically with the way that Fournette and the Jags run and with the way that Ramsey and their secondary and their whole defense covers the pass. Well, listen, no disrespect to the Titans and all their fans, but there's really not much to talk about in that game. So granted, we will move on to Jimmy and more fantasy talk. Nailing sleeper picks is a surefire way to get your team a victory. Here are some players that fantasy owners are currently overlooking. Well, I actually did find something to talk about in this Patriots-Titans game. Uh, one of my sleepers, Rashard Matthews on the Titans. Hear me out on this one. He's only had four catches in the last three games. However, he is still, for the season, the Titans' leading receiver. And there are two pass defenses worse than the Patriots on the year, and they're the Giants and the Buccaneers. So if they hit a couple deep shots to Matthews, he could have a really, really productive night, even if the Titans are behind. My second sleeper pick on this one, I'm going to go with Kyle Rudolph of the Vikings. Um, the Saints last week gave up a, over 100 yards on eight catches and even more targets to Greg Olson of the Panthers, who was only playing really with one foot because he got a screw put in his ankle a couple weeks before. So even though I don't know if Rudolph is a sleeper, but the last time he cleared 50 receiving yards was on Thanksgiving against the Lions. So for me, I like Rudolph here. Case Keenum in his first playoff game may look to him early. He's kind of a security blanket for that offense. If you're looking for a sleeper, I think Kyle Rudolph's your guy. Sir, I'm a big Kyle Rudolph fan. I will not lie to you. He when he came to the league really hot, I was I was happy to see that happen. Okay, so listen, we're on our final segment now. We're gonna go through each game and we're gonna pick our winners and our points. Okay, this is gonna be really good. We only got four teams, guys. I mean, it's, it's that late into the season, so there's not there's gonna be a lot of hype, but. But yes, and so let's. Uh, we're gonna start in the AFC. So we're gonna go from Matt to Tommy to Jimmy, and then I will go. Okay, so listen, Matt. Titans versus Patriots. <laughs> Who you got, buddy? Uh, this is an easy one. Give me the Patriots. Big Derrick Henry, a big week last week, but a much tougher matchup coming up against New England. Points. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about this game. It's obviously all New England. If Tennessee, if Derrick Henry can bust one run out against this weaker than usual Patriots defense, if Derrick Henry can get that ground game, this game could change a bit. That being said, I see Gronk absolutely destroying the Tennessee defense. So I'm going to take New England in this one, 31-17. to 17. All right, so not that we really encourage gambling on this show, but I saw <laughs> the spread on this one's 13 and a half. 
And honestly, I, I think that's a lot. I don't I don't think the Patriots are going to win by that much. I think they are going to take away Derrick Henry because Bill Belichick's so good at taking away the one or two things that you're good at offensively. I think the Patriots win, but it's a closer game than people think. I'll go 31-24 New England. Hey, listen, guys, you know where my loyalty lies. Even if Bill Belichick wants to leave us, that's fine. He's done so much. The Patriots will win this game. Now, I don't know about that, that spread, but listen, I'm going to go. and I'm going to go 31 to 14 here. I'm picking the Patriots big time. Okay, so now our next game is Jacksonville at the Steelers. What are we, what are we, what are we thinking, Matt? I'm going to take the Jaguars. I just don't know how many points they need to score for Blake, <laughs> Blake Bortles and company needs to give the defense. I'll go 17-14 uh, Jags. You know what, guys? While the Titans of the AFC are still, you know, doing their thing, Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, maybe for the last time, are destined to meet in the AFC Championship, if you ask me. It's going to be a great matchup, Jacksonville B against these three, four Bs of Pittsburgh, as we talked about. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh in this one. It's going to be a little closer than the other game. I'll take Pittsburgh 24-14. to 14. Yeah, uh, I like this. No, 17. 24-17. <laughs> 24-17? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I think, you know, the Jaguars are going to come to play in this game. I don't think they're going to get blown out. Uh, I just don't trust that offense, and I don't trust Bortles enough. That That's an anemic offense the Jaguars have. 24-14 Steelers. Hey, listen, man. I am going with the Steelers. I agree with you, Tommy. Tom Brady and Big Ben must meet again. This is the matchup that everyone loves to talk about. If you're a Patriots fan, if you're a Steelers fan, especially if you're a Patriots fan because we win the last couple ones of them. But the score for me is going to be 17-14, and the fourth killer B, Chris Boswell, shows you why he's so great. Now to the NFC. Uh, Falcons and the Eagles. Matt, I know this one's going to hit you in the heart, but what you got for me, buddy? I got to go against the group again here. I'm just predicting that you guys are going to go with the Falcons. I'm taking the Eagles. Falcons offense, not the same this year. Matt Ryan, only 218 passing yards last week in L.A. The two fumbles on special teams kind of really were the difference. I know they won by 13, but that gave them 10 points. So that's probably not going to happen again this week. The Eagles have home field. I'm going to go Eagles 24, Falcons 17. The Falcons are 0-6 this year when they don't score 20-plus points. All right, guys, in this one, I envision Julio Jones running a slant throw against Jalen Mills, who just completely <laughs> bites on it. Julio goes to the house. I don't know if the Philly defense can handle the offense of Atlanta, so I'm going to take the Falcons in this one. They're going to win 35-24. to 24. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I think, Matt, you're absolutely right about the Falcons' offense not being as good were the same as last year. I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game, but that Falcons defense is playing really well right now. The Rams' offense they shut down last week is one of the best, maybe the best offense in the league. One thing to watch for for Atlanta, Matt Bryant's kicked nine field goals in the last two games. They need to finish their red zone possessions, but I'm going to go 20-13, to 13, Falcons win. Hey, listen, Matt, I'm your boy, man. I'm going with the Eagles. I'm going <laughs> with the go. Eagles. Let's fly, go. Eagles, fly. I'm telling you, listen, I'm a big Nick Foles fan. Like I said, I think he's the best backup to have uh, for any team. And don't sleep on this defense. Now, don't sleep on this team, period. They've been rested for a week. They're getting things together. They're game planning for two weeks. So, listen, I'm picking the same score as you too, man, 24-17. 
Big game for Fletcher. Big game for Fletcher Cox this week. That's on the right. That's right. All right, guys. We're going to our last game. All right, we have the Saints visiting the Vikings. This is the same stadium that the Super Bowl will be played in. So, what you got for me, buddy? I'm taking New Orleans here over Minnesota. I know everyone wants to see, including myself, wants to cover Minnesota in Minnesota for the Super Bowl if it's not the Eagles. But I'm going to go with the Saints. I just think they're the better team. I know they're the underdog based on the spread in Minnesota 1. But that was all the way back in week one. The lineups looked a lot different back then. I'll go 28-17 Saints in this one. Yeah, this game is a really tough matchup to pick. You guys, two units, you know, of strength just going against each other in that New Orleans offense, that Minnesota defense. But, you know, I just feel like it's Drew Brees' time. Uh, he's got to get a second ring in his career at some point. He's too good to not. So, you know, Case Keenum on the other side. Eh, I'll go with New Orleans in this game. I'll take him 27 to 24. Going to be a close one. Ah, Tommy, you stole my score. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, Minnesota's going to take away the run. I don't see the running backs having a great day, but Drew Brees was absolutely surgical last week in that win over the Panthers, and the Panthers made him beat them, and he did, and I think he'll do that again this week. Tommy, I'll just stick with the same score, 27-24 New Orleans. Listen, there's a couple of things that we have not seen yet as NFL fans. We haven't seen Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers in Super Bowl. We haven't seen Tom Brady versus Drew Brees in the Super Bowl. And we will not see it this year. I'm going with the Vikings, guys. I am. I'm a big defensive-minded person, obviously. Listen, the Saints, they're phenomenal. But this defense on the Vikings and the way Case Keenum is playing and everyone's still been disrespecting him all year, there's no way I can go against the Vikings. I want them to be the first team to go through and be the Super Bowl home team in their own stadium. It will be phenomenal. So my score will definitely be 24-17. to 17. I'm going with the Vikings. Hey, man, we had a phenomenal show. We had a phenomenal show. It's been fun. Too bad we're out of time. You know, it happens. But uh, hopefully we're all here next week, man, when we see Tom Brady versus Big Ben, and we know who we are all picking for that game. But, <laughs> <laughs> but for our producing, Manuel Barbari, and for the two hosts, Matt Murphy, Tommy Aldridge, and, of course, Jimmy Sullivan, with all the fantasy knowledge, I am Manny Adeye, and goodbye for now.